Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I am thrilled that I'm kicking off this week with interviews of five female authors. And anyone who says women can't write thrillers, they've lost their minds. Because my first guest, Tracy Clark, is written a couple of really amazing books that happen to be thrillers. But let me first tell you a little bit about Tracy, as much as she's willing to say on her website. We'll draw a little bit more out of her later on. Uh, She is a native of Chicago, of course. So many great authors coming from Chicago. Uh, She writes mysteries that are set in Chicago while she works for real as an editor for one of the newspapers. Wait till you hear what she edits. I just love it. Um, She's got a Bachelor of Arts, and she went to the University of Illinois at Chicago, where she earned her Master in Arts. Um, She said that she first started reading Nancy Drew and that she's dreamed of creating her own mysteries that feature strong, intelligent, independent female characters who also share their world. Well, Cass Raines, who is her ex-cop turned PI, is that character. Now, in addition to the Cass Rains novels, Tracy's short stories for services rendered appears in the anthology Shades of Black, Crime and Mystery Stories by African-American authors. I'm thrilled that she's here. She's finished writing her second book. Hopefully, she's finished binge-watching Game of Thrones. I don't know. I'm going to find out. But welcome, author and editor, Tracy Clark. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Pam. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. You know, um, I have the best job in the world because all the authors kind of, you know, on social media will, you know, occasionally say, oh, Pam, you got to meet this person, you got to meet that person. Mm-hmm. And I'll troll on my author friends pages and find out, okay, who don't I know that I want to know? And that's mm-hmm. pretty much how I, I met you. <laughs> so we have so many mutual friends. And so when I when I messaged you and I said, Hey, thanks for accepting my friend request. Would you please come on my show? And you immediately <laughs> called me, and it was like, oh, we've known each other forever now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of like how those things happened in this writing community of ours, right? Yeah. Yep. So I, before we talk about your books, I really am still thinking about our conversation where you told me what you edit mm-hmm. at the newspaper. And one mm-hmm. of the things you said you edited was the cartoons, the comic mm-hmm. strips. Mm-hmm. What what do you edit for? Well, misspelled words, of course. Um, occasionally, cartoonists would sort of flip uh, little fingers in there or cleave too much <laughs> cleavage. You would be surprised. I mean, grammatical stuff, fine. Uh, misspelled words, fine. And then the stuff you have to sort of watch out for. So uh, cleavage, uh, middle fingers. Uh, anything like that? I can't believe they Sometimes. actually do that. These, are these are these oh, syndicated yeah. syndicated col- um, cartoonists? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some you know just they're in that mood that sort of day, and then that's what you get. They have to watch out hey, for all of that stuff. Have you ever had one slip by you? Um, me no, but I've heard horror stories of other really? editors who sort of gotten yeah. It's not pretty. I mean, it's not really. Yeah, I would imagine readers are like wanting to burn that person at the at the stake or something, you know, when yeah. they see something like that because everybody's idea of too much cleavage is somewhat different. 
and you know, <laughs> or you just sort of have to go for that sort of middle ground. I mean, just sort of keep it G rated. So that's the rule. So just sort of keep it G rated, family oriented, anything other than that, and you're kind of sort of in dark territory and sort of steer clear of that. How so did you end up? How did you end up editing the comic strips? And do you do other editing, by the way? I do. I do op-eds and puzzles and word games and uh, comics. So, yeah, I do all uh, all kinds puzzles of Puzzles and, and word yeah. games? You must be mm-hmm. brilliant with, with vocabulary. And, uh-huh. and <laughs> how – I don't even know how to do a puzzle or a word game. So – and I was an English major for crying out loud, you know. <laughs> Well, luckily, these puzzles come with answer keys, so it's not like we sort of have to reinvent the wheel or sort of come at the top of our heads. We have the puzzle here, uh, the answer grid here, and it's just a matter of sort of checking off, making sure the boxes are there, making sure you haven't missed anything, making sure that there are no uh, curse words or anything that might be suggestive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so so it, uh, it takes a lot. Wow. How long have you been a newspaper editor? Uh, 25 years uh, this past June. Tracy, a long time. You, yeah. Did you never have the urge to actually be a journalist? No, I never. I'm kind of shy, so the, the act of sort of going out there and having a microphone and a notepad and sort of interviewing people, not up my alley. But Jeez. I can correct their stuff. Yeah, I can do that perfectly. <laughs> Gosh, wait do you wait do you go through my show notes? There are probably a million mistakes on it. Sorry about that. I'll probably catch everyone too. Sorry. You you most definitely will. I had to go in and edit, you know, when I'm posting, Oh, I'm going on on the air with Tracy, you know, and then I, I have to look at it. So I'm a little bit dyslexic, so I have to kind of look at it, especially when it comes to numbers. Wow, that's then it's really bad. Oh, yeah. Um oh. you so you grew up reading Nancy Drew. I grew mm-hmm. up reading the Hardy Boys. Well, I read Nancy huh. Drew too, but but mm-hmm. I like the Hardy Boys. They were kind of com- almost like companion books. But also reading everything, including what was on the side of a cereal box, you know, mm-hmm. the all the the um, stuff that made up the cereal, too. Not just, right. you know, Wheaties. <laughs> right, you know, and all that. <laughs> right, right. All those weird things that they threw into cereal. Um, it's a wonder I continued to eat it once I learned what all that stuff was, although I don't anymore. But... Um, you were a dedicated reader too, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I started early. Uh, after you sort of get it past that phase, phase where your parents read to you, and Nancy Drew, uh, Agatha Christie, uh, a little bit yeah. of Hardy Boys, but I mostly like Nancy. And, uh, you know, just everything, everything you can put your hands on, anything that had to do with mysteries or solving things, I like that m- most of all. So once I sort of got into Nan- uh, Agatha Christie, I sort of breezed through all 80 some odd that she's written of those and then i sort of moved in 110 really i read them in order so so i know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) yeah that was my addiction Mm -hmm. yep one a day you finish one start the other yeah all the way through so i did that and then that sort of got me up to maybe 1981 82 and that's when you know sue grafton and sarah peretsky and all the rest of the golden age of uh female writers sort of popped in and so then i was off on on that for alibi Yep, A is for yep. alibi. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I know, I know. Oh, what a loss to the writing community, too. That you It know. is. I was so sad, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, me too. But, you know, Sarah is still writing, and she's fantastic. Yes. And I her, her last mm-hmm. book, The Shell Game, was magnificent. So was. you and I kind of are are reading the same stuff. Did you branch out from from those kind of mysteries into other kind of suspense and thrillers? Or have you always stayed with the traditional mystery? I kind of like the sort of the PI story. I sort of stuck with that. I sort of like that sort of outside of society, but sort of in it. I kind of sort yes. of like that dichotomy. So I sort of, when I sort of found the PI novel, I sort of stuck with that genre. And I got to the point where I say, well, I wonder if I could sort of write one of these myself. And I knew that I wanted to write about a woman, and I wanted her to be an African-American woman, but I wanted Uh her to sort of have a foot in both worlds, so a little bit of the outside, a little bit of the inside, and then see where we go from there. So that's how I really got started, uh, sort of writing my own kind of a half traditional thing and half sort of putting a spin on it. I love that. Tell me, let's talk about your very first book because mm-hmm. Borrowed Time is number two. Um, let's let's talk about Broken Places first okay. to kind of introduce us to um, to Cass, please. And by the way, what a great name for a character, Cass Rains. I love that. Yeah. I love that name. You know, it's kind of like Kinsey Milhone, and you, you just mm-hmm. you know, Vi Wachowski. It sounds great. It's a great character name. Well, she had a different name when I first started out, but uh, as you sort of revise and make changes, it sort of got to cast. Same character, I like different it very name. Much. Yeah. So, um, so is this your actual first book, or were there is there are there some that went into the circular file, or one that's buried in the bottom of your desk drawer? Well, I've been at this sort of a, a long while, so uh, Broken Places is the first. Uh, Borrowed Time is the second, and then the one that I'm sort of finishing up right now is the third, and I sort of wrote them in that order. So when I got published or when I got my deal after long, long years, uh, I told them, well, I have three completed, and they seemed happy about that. And so it was a matter of sort of <laughs> a matter of sort of refining and revising and putting them in order that in a sort of shape that they could use. So I had mm-hmm. them all three written. They were done. Just had to sort of, you know, tweak them. Um, how many, how many books had you written before you were actually published? Um, three. So all three in the did, series were written, and then they sold, and then they well, put them I in mean, order. Be, before the, did did you have any no. manuscripts that were not a, really? Nope. Your first. I your wrote first. Uh, my first thing Holy is I wrote a, the short story for the anthology book, and I said, right. well, you know, that wasn't that wasn't so hard. I think if I can read or write a short story, I can probably, you know, write a book. So fool that I am, I sort of <laughs> went from that short story. <laughs> now, how hard can it be? I mean, yeah. So sure, I went from that short story. So I started. Well, I'll write a book. I'll see how see how that goes. And it was the hardest thing that I've ever done in my entire life. And I regret it, but, you know, it's kind of worked out in the end. It has. You are published with Kensington. So you're with a really great uh, label, and um, the people are really fun to work with over there. I can tell you from being on the media side of it. Let's talk about Cass Reigns and Broken Places first. Tell us about Mm -hmm. him. Well, uh, we meet Cass Reigns in Broken Places on the worst possible point in her life. 
Uh, she's lost her police career. Uh, she's had, uh, she's been shot on a rooftop, and her career is over. And she's sort of finding, trying to figure out what she's going to do with her life. And she opens up her own PI agency. Her, she's the sole operator. Um, she doesn't want to be as part of the police department, but she still wants to sort of make things right for people out in the world. So that's uh-huh. why she sort of opens up and goes on her own. And Broken Places is a really personal story for her because her mentor or the person who helped raise her is found dead in his confessional. He's a parish priest. And she has to sort of figure out what happened. The police think that he committed suicide uh, when he sort of interrupted a burglary in process. And she knows pretty much that that's not the case. And she has to sort of figure out what happened when the police are sort of simultaneously trying to shut the case down and, and move on. So that's where she is. Wow. She's trying to figure out what happened, and she will not stop until she does. The next book is Borrowed Time, and and that mm-hmm. book just released on June first. Um, yes. And I have I have that copy now. Uh, I just got it. Um, I think Friday maybe it came. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're continuing, and this is the next book in the Cassandra Rains or Cass Rains um, mystery series. Mm-hmm. What happens in borrowed time? I love your titles, by the way. Great titles. Did you title Thank them you. yourself? You. Uh, I did. And of yeah, course, over I, the I, over the years, those titles have changed a, a couple of times. So yeah. Okay. But yeah. So but in let's the second talk one, about borrow. Yes, let's talk about this one. Well, this one picks up maybe about two months after the end of the first one, and mm-hmm. she's sort of taking a break. Uh, the last one didn't uh, was kind of harried for her, and she's sort of taking a break, taking things slow. And she's presented with a case that is the police, again, have sort of quickly come to a conclusion about, and she's asked to sort of look into it. She doesn't want to do it because, of course, she's gone up against the police again two months ago, and she doesn't want to do it again so soon, but she takes it. So she takes it, and she has to figure out what happened to this person who sort of falls off of his yacht on Lake Michigan and in a rainstorm. It looks like suicide. looks like he did it to himself. Things don't seem to add up on her end, and then she's off and running. So once she sort of gets a, uh, an idea that something is quite not right, you can't stop her from going. So that's what she so- has to do. Cass is no longer with the police department. She has set up her own shop as a private Mm -hmm. investigator. It's my understanding that um, once a a cop leaves and opens her own agency, that there's kind of a little bit of animosity between the two. Is that Mm -hmm. what's happening in in Cass's case? There's a little bit of it. Uh, She's got her partner that uh, she's still very close to, and so she sort of bounces things off of him. But there is that animosity with the other people in the department that she comes up against. Uh, they're trying to do her their job. She's trying to do her job. And she's not really kind of polite about it. So <laughs> there is some kind of tension. <laughs> I would imagine. Excuse me. Um, now, you intentionally made your character an African-American woman. Um, mm-hmm. Do you show the discrimination against her in, in her police department even after yeah. she's gone? Yeah, because that's the authentic part of it all, isn't it, Tracy? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I try to make it as authentic as I can. I put all kinds of different people in there. Uh, it's not just her sort of going in this African-American track 
or, you know, me just going into the white American track. You know, she's mm-hmm. the world is full of all kinds of people. She has to deal with all sure. kinds of people. They have to deal with her. And there is and there is a scene in this second book where she sort of is profiled, and she has to sort of deal with it, and as we all must do. Interesting. You know, but I try to um, make it as, as realistic as possible. You mentioned that you have the third book completed. I don't know if that mm-hmm. means you're finished with edits or not, but um, how long has it taken you to write this trilogy so far? Uh, all told, uh, mm-hmm. I would say maybe... 20 some years. Really? Yep. Starting and stopping, kind of... uh, oh, <laughs> putting stuff down, putting it in a drawer uh-huh. for two years, putting, taking it out again, starting over again. So, yeah, all told, maybe 20 some years. But I'm kind of um, slow. I, I write really slow. So, you know, part of it could be just be, be, just be me. Well, it, you know, you were also living your life, um, you yeah. know, having a full-time career. When you went to school for your bachelor's, what was your intention to do with that degree? I thought I might go into public relations or something like that, something kind of easy, write a couple of press releases, you know what I mean? Just go to, like, events, <laughs> you know, have a little champagne, you know, stuff like that. But, you know. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> But then I sort of got into writing for like a weekly magazine or a monthly magazine, and I kind of like the feature article sort of a vibe, so I did that for a couple of years. And then by that time, you know, I sort of had the bug to sort of really buckle down and write the book that I felt I could could write. So once I started that, I was kind of, you know, lost. And then you started with the newspaper. Well, yeah, I started with the newspaper, and then I would write on a lunch hour or at night or whatever, like I'm here now, and my lunch hour is spent in sort of what they'd call a huddle room. So I go uh-huh. in, leave my desk, and you pedal to the little cafeteria and get my little lunch, and then I pedal back to the huddle room and put my stopwatch on for an hour, and that's what I do. So somewhere between my desk for my job and this desk here, I sort of figure out how you know what I have to do for the day and and get in that sort of mindset. Now, um, you, the three of your books will, I'm, I'm assuming, are going to be published by the same people. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Will you continue Cast Reigns, or will you start a new series? I don't know. Um, they contracted for three, and I've delivered three. Uh, what happens after that? I don't know. I'm kind of new to this. Uh, maybe they'll ask me to re-up and do some more casts or suggest something else. Or I, At this point, I don't know what else I would do. I haven't any new ideas in terms of standalones or a new series or anything like that, but uh, I might get to that point. I think Cass uh, still has some sort of life in her, and a couple of more stories I can tell, possibly tell. I'm sort of thinking at this point of book four, I've got the beginning and the end. I just don't have a middle, and that's uh, that's kind of where the meat it's is. Okay. So I'll have to sort of yeah, give but, that. <laughs> but you have the beginning thought. and the end, and that's really important. You know, uh, I was just speaking to Jeffrey Deaver this weekend at, mm-hmm. at Mystery Fest Key West, and I said, "Do you have to write a book in its chapter orders?" And he said, "No." He said, "Sometimes he writes the ending first, and then he, you know, he's all over the place." He said, "You can put it all together. Just get the words down on paper," which mm-hmm. I found right. really interesting. Because yeah. I've heard from other writers that they say, yeah, I have this great beginning and I have a great ending. I Now i got to fill mm-hmm. in the blanks. So right. um, 
But if you had your choice, would you write some more cast? Yeah, I would. I I like her. Um, you know, um, she's really kick ass, and I kind of like her attitude. And yeah, she makes me she makes me laugh. Is she oh, your yeah. um? Is she you only extroverted? Um, maybe. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Huh. Interesting. Um, she's way extroverted. Do you not want to start writing now, just in case? Or are you on a break from writing? Uh, well, I'm finishing up the edits on three, and oh, I sort of have edits. the okay. beginning and the end of the fourth one, should they ask for it. Um, and if they do ask for it, then I have to hurry up and rush and try to get a middle in there. But uh, at this point, I'm sort of thinking about, you know, book four, if it comes to that. And we'll see what happens. But I think it's uh, the story that I'm sort of thinking about. Uh, it's kind of cool and uh, might be uh, interesting. And hopefully it'll last for it. So when you say you're thinking about it, are you mentally walking yourself through the story? Yes. That's kind of how I, some people sort of write out, uh, you know, these long, elaborate character sketches and outlines. And I wish I could really do that, but my brain doesn't work that way. So it sort of happens internally first. I sort of run through the story and this might be interesting. And what if this happens? And Mm, that probably would have to come next. So I sort of outline it in my head, and then as the story sort of gels there, then I sort of go to my laptop and see what comes out. Do you so have far, a Knockwood, visual? <laughs> do you have a visual image of it when you're thinking about it, or is it only you know words, storyline? No, nope, it's visual. It's like a scene, like a movie scene. So I. Sort wow. of work it out. Very cool. It, it sort of plays in my head like a like a like a movie. So once I sort of have it where I think I need to have it, then I sort of go to the laptop and see whether or not it comes out. Sometimes it doesn't come out the first time like it, I see it in my head. It probably rarely does that. And but you just keep sort of pecking at it and pecking at it and molding it and hopefully it sings at the end of it. If I not, had you have a, to start all over again. I had a friend whose debut novel was done like that. She said. She spent a year and she wrote the book in her head. And when she, you know, she figured everything out and then she sat down, she had the thing pounded out in 30 days, sent it off to her wow. editor. And, yeah. Yeah. She, Come on. she, what, yeah. So she told me she's, well, she spent a lot of time thinking about it. And, um, and I thought that was pretty incredible, but she's one of those who have one of those, you know, really good memories that, Mm-hmm. That you know, if a fly was buzzing by her when she had a scene, she'd remember the fly buzzing by. You know, one of those. Oh, things. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> she's really really good at, at that. So, um, and her her book was actually very very nice. Um, it was a, a really nice little mystery. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, hey, whatever works for you, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Do you have the idea first, or do you have the character first? Idea first. Um, I have an idea, and then this sort of the characters sort of show up when I sort of write the scene or figure out what scene needs to be there. As I write it, there they are, and I just sort of work with that. That's how I got all the characters in all these the books that I've written, except for Cass, who sort of showed up the first day and wouldn't leave me alone. So. She was there, the first one, and then everybody else sort of showed up like a party. Sounds very cool. It really does. And your reviews are excellent. Your readers are loving it. 
And um, when do you think that the third book will be out? It will be out on June uh, of next year. Uh, and it's Wonderful. called uh, What You Don't See. And uh, hopefully it'll be as good as the first two. Gee, you've got really great titles for books. How do you how do you figure out the title? I don't know. I just sort of <laughs> I well, once you've written it, um you just sort of think, well, what is what is that what is it about? What does it mean? And usually I've been pretty lucky with the first two. Just sort of sort of crystallize what the the theme is and borrow time is sort of apropos of what the the second one is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of a of dying man and Living on borrowed time. Exactly. So, you know, so you just sort of come up with it. I don't have like a formula or anything. I just sort of, you know, toss something up in the air and see if it works. You've got a fertile brain. You've got a fertile brain then. Um, We talked a little bit about books that influenced you when you were a younger reader. Who -hmm. do you like to read now? Um, Everybody. Um, My current favorites, I think, are Rachel Housel Hall, which is, She's very good. I she's love amazing. it. Um, Cheryl, Her- <laughs> yeah, Cheryl Head. Uh, yep. You know, a whole lot of people. Sarah Paretsky, of course. Yes. All wonderful people. Have yeah. you read Kelly Garrett's books? Oh, Kelly Garrett, too. Yeah, yeah. She's great. Yeah. They're all, I mean, there's so much st- good stuff out there. I mean, really, there there is. You, you can sort of spend your whole life and not read it I all know. or want to read it all. Your, your TBR uh, pile just sort of grows and grows and grows. Uh, uh, we don't even want to talk about that. I just got five <laughs> books in today from publishers, and fortunately I read one of them already. I read the. I couldn't wait for the book to get here, so I went to NetGalley and got it. But, um, <sighs> no, I, I, I understand what you mean. I'm definitely an avid reader, too. Um, for someone who's not read Mysteries before, and I said, well, you know, if you like this person, you're going to like Tracy Clark. Who would you say that person is? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. Mm, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a PI story, so I would imagine anybody sort of in that genre. Um, mm, I don't know. Who? Who? What other PI stories do you like other than we talked about? Uh, Sarah Paretsky, and we we talked about, uh, you know, um, well, we've talked about some of the older ones. We haven't really spoken about any of the newer ones. I think your book reads like, you know, Sue Grafton, of course, your um, book reads similar to Amy Hicks. I like mm-hmm. your books compared to Ka- Katrina McPherson. I like oh, your yeah. books compared to, I'm, I'm trying to get a sense. It's kind of hard you know, to, it, it's it's it hard is, to compare. But, it's hard to compare, but I'm I'm thinking, you know, PI, cop to PI, and who would I compare them to? There's actually a lot of really good writers that you could compare you with. And um and I these are not thrillers. I want everyone to understand it, but they mm-hmm. are heart pounding. You're there's you know <laughs> if you like CJ Box, you'll like Tracy Clark. Because CJ Box even though he doesn't have a PI, he's got his, you know, his <laughs> Joe Pickett novels. And mm-hmm. Joe could be a stand-in for Cass Rains. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. So. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. What's, what's next for you? You're going to finish edits on book number four. 
and um, have I'm sorry, book number three. Um, yeah, yeah. Finishing oh, up uh, the edits on book number three, and I've got a couple of weeks before I have to hand that in, and then I'll wait and see where we go from there. Uh, meanwhile, uh, a fourth book is sort of ruminating in there, and I've got the beginning and the end, and I'll sort of eke out a middle somewhere along the line. And if they ask for it, I'll be <laughs> ahead of the game. And if they Good. don't, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. So your agent pitches to somebody else. Yeah, um, tell everyone where they can find you on the webs and in social media, please. Well, uh, my website is Tracy Clark Books. Uh, I'm on Twitter and uh, have no idea what my Twitter handle is, but I'm on there. Uh, <laughs> I'm also on Facebook. <laughs> I really should get on the ball about this. I mean, yeah, so I'm on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I think I'm on Instagram, too, but I, I rarely go on there, so don't look for me there. That's it. Um, I noticed on your Facebook page you post a lot of other authors' books. You, yes. Everything that you read and you like, you're always posting yep. author books, and I, I think that's really cool because it shows, um, well, first of all, you're a good friend of other authors, but it lets everyone know what you're reading and what you think is interesting mm-hmm. out there. So good on you. Um, yeah. Let's do five quick questions and five quick answers, okay? The, what cool. we call them, right. final five. All right? All right. Okay. Um, whose book is on your nightstand? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Who's on my book stand? Uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, I've got like a million of them because I'm sort of uh, judging, so um, it's hard to say. Um, I just uh, it sort of towards the end of Tombland. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. I forget okay. the author, but uh, sort of a medieval sort of a thing. That's kind of interesting. I like that. So I'm writing that right now and uh, along with maybe five or ten other books. Yeah, I, I read multiple books at the time, so yeah. I understand that. Um, in an alternate life, you were not an editor or a writer. What would you like to do? Sleep. <laughs> maybe a librarian I think that's a kind of a cool job just to be around books all day long and you know yeah, yeah. I'd probably be a librarian there you go nothing wrong with that um, yeah and then cats or dogs uh neither <sighs> I mean they're fine in other people's I mean they're fine I mean they're like children you know they're fine when they belong to other people uh, <laughs> you know my heart just sank I, mean, I think they're fine. I mean, anymore. it's just <laughs> they're fine. It's just not not for me. Let's not just say you. they're not for me. Yeah, <laughs> you're not a you're not a pet person. Okay. No, I mean, yeah. What's the best piece of advice you ever got? Whether it's writing advice or life advice, what sticks out in your mind? Uh, well, writing advice probably sticks out more for me. And the best advice I ever got was to just keep writing. I mean, it's just a hard sort of a job, and, yes. you know, people have a sort of tendency to sort of get frustrated and give up, you know, right. when you can't do that. You just sort of have to keep plugging along, keep writing, keep writing, keep writing, and something will happen. Um, You know, you, if you give up, you lose. So you, you, the only thing you can do is just keep at it. When you're um, When you are writing, do you have to set the stage for, so to speak, for you to be able to write? In other words, do you have to create, um, you know, uh, 
you have to burn candles or have music in the background <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, listen, a lot of the romance writers yeah. do that. Uh, really? Or can you sit down and, yeah, can you sit down and write anywhere? Um, I guess after so many years in newspaper stuff and having deadlines and knowing that you have to sort of get things out, I can, I, that doesn't bother me. So I can write anywhere. I can get it out, pound it out. If I have to get like 1,500 words out, that's what I have to do. If I have a deadline, that's when I meet it. Um, so I sort of trained my brain to this is the time that you write. You sit your butt in a chair and you get it done. There's no Good for you. candles or, you know, chips or, you know, like little. <laughs> <laughs> no, no soundtrack playing in the background. I mean, <laughs> this is what you have to do. This is when you need it done by. Get it done. Tracy Clark, I'm so glad that you and I had this chat today. It's been fun. It has Usually been. not my deal, but it was kind of fun. Yeah, you know, it wasn't too painful for an introvert like you. I hate like talking you. about myself. Yeah. But, you know, but that's what it was all about. Uh, folks, the new book is called Borrowed Time. You can find it in brick and mortar and on your favorite on- online retailers. Stop by and say hi to Tracy Clark. And by all means, please leave a review. I know you paid for the book, but, you know, go in there and put five stars on there and say, boy, this is really a fun read. And that's it. It's done. (laughs) Tracy Clark, thanks for being with me. Listeners, thank Thank you so much. Thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.